Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. I'm Michael Glojek from the Friday Night Drive here with the record North Shore founding member, Joe Coughlin. Um, we are going to put a bow on the end of the spring season here. We're going to recap all the sports championship actions that happened here in the last couple of weeks. Um, so we'll get you all caught up on that in the first quarter. In the second quarter, we're joined by Nutria Girls Lacrosse coach Pete Collins. In the third quarter, we'll play our weekly game of way or no way. And then in the fourth quarter, we'll look back at the spring, um, talk about some of our favorite uh, headlines um, as uh, we start to uh, look back and kind of get ready to go into the summer months here with the podcast and with uh, obviously everything else. But why don't we start things off here with uh, some fun championship uh, talk as uh, let's um, start out, let's start off with uh, the new chair girls uh, lacrosse team really coming back, um, really making people, I mean, when I was catching up and I was looking at the scores, um, I was kind of confused and was like, this can't be true. Um, but um, new Trier able to eke out, um, eliminate a five goal deficit and uh, win in overtime 12 to 11 uh, to uh, force off Hinsdale Central to win the IHSA State Championship. This was on uh, June 4th in Hinsdale. Um, Joe, just a really, just a crazy game, just with everything, with how it started, kind of how it was going on, just, you know, with kind of not the way we expected it to happen at all, then just for it to finish off the way it did with the Grace Curry walk-off um, goal in overtime. Um, just quite the way to cap the year, and especially uh, to win a championship. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a classic, you know, put it in um, the Nutrier vault of hall highlight reels. It's, it's, it's up there, um, you know, trailing nine to four um, in the first half and just chipping away, chipping away, coming back to, to actually take a lead, then giving up that lead and then going overtime and winning it. Uh, pretty impressive, um, unbelievable game by some of their seniors. Uh, Brooke Ross had a big game and, and the Curry sisters, Grace and Emma. Uh, it was just, you know, the best team in the state all season, um, as they proved throughout the year with big wins over big program, including um, Hinsdale Central. Um, really got it taken to them early and Hinsdale Central had them scouted well, according to Pete Collins. And they had to react and they had to adjust. Uh, and they did it. And they did it in, you know, championship form. And that's what championship pedigree looks like yeah it seems like they were able to really just uh you know dig deep and um I know in one of your stories uh you that was kind of what Colin talked about obviously digging deep and um believing in yourself and that kind of stuff I mean I, as you were catching up and obviously just paying attention I mean did it seem or did you think that they would be able to you know kind of come back especially with the way that the team was playing for the first three quarters or the first uh, half, I should say, first half and the second half. That's just a big deficit. It's it's not that they can't come back, but, you know, can you come back from that size? But there was plenty of time. Um, so I think, you know, when Pete Collins, uh, Coach Collins was telling me about how, like, they it was about that will to win, that desire, that drive, because they have the championship talent. Like, that's not in question. You know, they're not going to look around the room and wonder, okay, we're being out-talented. That's not going to happen against Nutrier. It's they were, you know, they were put in a corner by some strategies from Hinsdale Central, um, you know, 
I think he mentioned a couple such as face guarding um, Addie Shevitz, who's their leading scorer. Um, so she really couldn't get the ball. And when she could, she was just blanketed. And uh, their Hinsdale Central shooters were going high. No, no, no. Going low because their goalie blocks high better, he said. So just a couple things that they had to adjust to. Um, and certain other players had to step up. You know, Brooke Ross, as I mentioned, was one of them. And um, Grace Curry scored the game winner. But they just kind of dug deep, especially on the defensive end. Made sure, you know, no more goals went through while they were coming back. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a lot about that. Okay, now we have to buckle in. You know, we got the talent. Let's make the adjustments and, you know, execute rather than feel sorry and like, okay, we're in deep trouble. So, and they did that. That was very, very impressive stuff. Like I said, five goals in, in the crosses is a serious deficit. And they, uh, they worked it out. Definitely. Well, congratulations to the Trevians on winning another state title and uh, congratulations on all the memories, especially the way they were able to do it. Um, a very fun game um, indeed. And then for the boys game, um, neither, neither game really was uh, out of reach or anything like that. So both games were really, really fun. Um, Loyola and Lake Forest battling again for the second straight season um, for a boys lacrosse state championship and the Ramblers able to hold up to win back-to-back -back state titles uh, to uh, take down um, Lake Forest 6-5 to five in the state title game, Joe. Um, Lake Forest really showed, the, uh, gave, I don't know if you would agree with this, but probably gave the Ramblers the best uh, test of the year with just what they were able to do and uh, how much they were able to limit the Ramblers offensively throughout the game. Yeah, and I think um, during the year, I believe Loyola took them down about 9-5, to five, a little more convincingly in control of that one. And this one really, um, Lake Forest had control for a lot of it, um, a little back and forth, but, but I believe uh, Lake Forest had a sizable lead. I'm trying to find exactly what it was, uh, but I believe they had about a, was it, was it five to three or, or six to three? I think they had about a three goal, um, um, at least two goal, which is pretty substantial in a low scoring game like that. So um, Loyola also had something to prove. Um, and, Wilma Harris scored the game winner, um, which I use kind of loosely. It was, it was the game winner, but a lot of people think that's a, like, you know, toward the end of the game, there were still five minutes left. So their defense had to really buckle down. Um, they had to possess well when they got the ball back, but they had to not allow good shots. And uh, just like, you know, Nutria's program, um, Loyola is extremely talented and they stepped up and kept, kept lacrosse off the board. Uh, Alex Shears, the goalie, over there, he had, a, he had a nice game uh, for Loyola, and that was that. For Wilma Harris, just the way he's developed the last couple of years, obviously coming up in big situations and being able to score this game-winning goal um, for the Ramblers, he's just really developed himself um, up in the last couple of years. I mean, obviously he's going to be playing at uh, Notre Dame, but um, he's really just developed his game pretty well the last couple of years and really helped the Ramblers uh, when they obviously needed it the most. Yeah, he's, he's a special player. That's why he's going to Notre Dame. Um, he's an All-America player um, on the attack. And actually, in this game, he was hurt. Um, he's, he's been kind of bothered by, by a, a weak ankle and, and kind of a tweaked ankle, he told me. And he aggravated it in that game, sat out a couple quarters, um, almost co coinciding exactly with Loyola, not scoring for a full couple quarters uh, plus. Um, and uh, luckily their defense kept a minute and then 
Maharis kind of said he, he told the coach he wanted to go back in, kind of, I don't want to say force, but uh, convince the coach to get him back in the game, uh, mostly as a decoy. And then he said he saw a pocket opening in a passing lane, uh, and he just had to take advantage, got the ball, and, and put it in the net and with five minutes to go. So, yeah, he's definitely a special player. Looking forward to what seeing he's, you know, elite speed, um, great hand skills. It's going to be fun to see what he can do at, the, at a high, high college level. Yeah, definitely. And you know that obviously the Ramblers and both Nutria are going to regroup as they do every single year when it comes to lacrosse. So we'll be talking probably about the same thing um, in a year from now um, when we're uh, doing another episode with another championship um, on the line. But congratulations to both Nutria and Loyola for winning their respective uh, state titles. We had another, uh, let's stick with the state finals, at least for now. Um, obviously, Nutria competed. Um, in the boys' volleyball quarterfinals. Um, they fell in uh, the quarterfinal matchup, um, losing to uh, Downers Grove South, who uh, went on to finish third at uh, the state finals tournament. Joe, um, a really strong season for uh, Nutria, just wasn't able to hang on in three sets against uh, Downers Grove South. Yeah, Downers Grove, I watched that match. Um, very good team. Um, I think they were ranked going into state eighth Nutria was seventh so take that for what it's worth two really close teams here uh, got to match up in the first round and um and I, um, I'm, I'm i'm blanking on the kid's name from um Downers Grove South who just had a really spectacular game was was very unstoppable in spurts um Nutria won the first set actually but they had to fight back from a pretty sizable deficit in the first set and ended up just going on a going on a big streak to win it and the other two um, you know, they were just a step behind Downers Grove, to be honest. So Downers Grove went on to lose to East, Lincoln Way East, uh, which moved on to the championship and lost to Glenbard West. So Glenbard West was a champion. They were the top seed through most of the year, and they really even dominated in the finals. Um, just a really potent team, much like we saw in the basketball court. Um, a really potent team with a lot of talent there. So um, Nutria was pretty remarkable season um dealt with some injuries um some some really special seniors and Stephen jaya going to princeton and uh nathan zelato who was all state some other guys max mazer andrew chamberlain some some big seniors and but a lot of also some some underclassmen who got some play david wolf's a sophomore um and you're gonna see um those guys i uh, can sullivan also sophomore the backup center who got a lot of time you're going to see those guys kind of keep Nutria at a high level. They'll be back next year, but great season for them. Definitely. So uh, congratulations to the Trevians on that front. Let's move on over now to baseball, where both uh, baseball and softball, we'll start with baseball here with the uh, Ramblers teams for both of uh, those sports uh, had tough ends to their seasons. <clears throat> Let's start off with baseball, Joe. Um, Loyola and uh, GBS playing in the sectional final where the Titans were able to win Four to two in extra innings and move on to the super sectional where they lost to uh, Mundline. But um, Joe, just a tough way to end the year, especially um, in uh, just extra innings. It's always hard to uh, end your season in that fashion. Yeah, you know, uh, that Saturday I was trying to make both games. Um, my strategy was that I, I, softball was two really good pitchers. So I thought that'd be a shorter game. And then we'd go to uh, baseball, but it turned out they, they followed the 
exact same game path, almost exactly uh, quick games. And uh, they went in uh, one extra inning each. And that's, that's how it went. So I didn't catch up with baseball, but on the softball diamond, um, we'll start there. Just really special performances from the pitcher from um, Warren, as well as the, you know, Mackenzie Berry from um, Loyola, uh, racking up the strikeouts and, um, you know, uh, holding another team scoreless for, for seven more innings, which she did. Um, I, I don't know how many innings straight in the postseason they had. Was that the fifth game? They had four straight shutouts before that one. So um, she was special in the postseason. She proved why she's a going to Northern Illinois is going to be a star pitcher there for them as well. I can I can imagine. And uh, it was a good game. And finally, Warren, who's a very good team, put a couple good whacks on the ball. Um, I think they were averaging over nine runs a game in the postseason or something. I put in the story, and um, she held them scoreless. And then double off the wall and a single up the middle. And that was it. And that's the game in, uh, in, uh, extra innings. So what a run, um, for Mackenzie Berry and, and the Loyola Ramblers, a lot of youth on that team. Um, they're going to need to replace her on the mound, but otherwise, uh, I think they're heading a good path under their first year coach, um, coach Herlacher. So, um, fun to watch, very fun to watch, watch team and, um, quite a season, um, over on the boys side, uh, GBS, you know, those were two hot teams. So who was going to get, you know, the final straw? I think GBS was the eight seed and Loyal was the three seed. They were both playing well and pitching well. And they kind of showed the, off their pitching strength in that game. It was two to two, I believe, uh, at the end of seven innings. And in the eighth, GBS got a couple on the board and Loyal couldn't match. So that was that um, really good performance from Loyola this season with a regional title um, and uh, you know won a, won a sectional matches or sectional game as well so their baseball team really showed out in the postseason. Definitely well congratulations obviously a tough way to end the year but obviously a great way um, to go just fighting on in the postseason so congrats to both of them and I think that's everything that we had Joe is there anything else to, that we didn't hit on here in the postseason? No I think we got everything else that was just that's the end of another 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 year of covering high school sports, Mike, and uh, it was it was a good one. It was a fun one, and um, I'm glad games aren't still going on right now in 100 degree heat. Right, if we went straight from cold to uh, 100 degree heat, no in between here with the great Midwest weather. But uh, why don't we jump on over now to the second quarter, where we are joined by Nutria Girls across Coach Pete Collins. Pete obviously joins us after um, winning another state title. Um, with the Nutria Girls uh, program, obviously this one coming in come from behind fashion. Joe, what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, a lot. Um, you know, we just talked about what it took to make that um, comeback from five goals down. Um, you know, uh, who stepped up and he, he gives a lot of credit to his coaches. So you're going to talk about his coaches work on both the defensive and offensive ball and just just some excitement from winning a state championship. All right, let's take a listen. We made a few adjustments here and there, but that was, it started with, you know, just kind of understanding what's going to take. And it started like all day one through the whole season. It was like, what are we gonna, what's going to take for us, you know, to, to reach our, what, what our goals are. So, um, and then we talked a lot about like leaving, the, you know, uh, playing for each other, leaving the jersey in a better place. Like what's your legacy going to be, you know, and, and who are you playing for? And I think those are the reasons 
that we're able to, because it wasn't about, you know, any kind of, it wasn't about winning the game. You know, it was about like, you know, because both teams are playing to win. And you know, I mean, you know all this stuff. And it's like, it's more about like, did you leave out in the field? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's going to there's gonna be ups and downs. Right, you better respond to it. And um, that, that so that the mental aspect and the team aspect, that, that got us to where we were. And to be in a position when we fought back, Joe, and got to overtime, I'm like, wow, this is pretty, I'm a pretty impressed with our kids. <laughs> so, Talk about good. overtime real quick. Golden goal. Uh, my God, the pressure uh, in that situation. What what was your strategy and how did you pull it off? Well, it was, it was – so our assistant coaches are amazing. So Carly runs our defense in the draw team. Carly Harpell played, played at Northwestern. She, she needs to get a shout-out because – She's very calm and she's very practical and simple how she coaches the defense and the draw team. And yeah, we do draws every day. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they knew like this draws an account. So uh, that last possession, you know, Kennedy takes the pressure of taking the draw. And, and then Brooke, Ross, and Audrey or Ellie were like, all right, I got to box out and get the ball. And, and then Charles McGuire, who, first year coach and running our offense, you know, she had worked on all week, actually last two weeks. What are we going to run? We always talk about this, right? What are we going to run if we're down by a goal or up by a goal? You know, five minutes left, two minutes left. And so she put in this offense and we knew it might not be the first look or second look or third look, but it was just, you know, end of the game, kind of a motion play. And sure enough, it wasn't the first, second, third, fourth, it was the fifth look. <laughs> so... That's awesome. And, and that's all about just being patient and poised and just trusting each other and just reading. Do I drive? Do I feed? And, and it works. So it was a great look. And you, you put the ball in the hands of your kids that you trust. You know, and, and uh, we have a lot of returners from last year that lost to Loyola that know what it takes. A lot of seniors who are savvy, and that was kind of cool. Thanks so much for joining us, Pete. And thank you throughout the year to all of the players and coaches who join us each and every week always appreciate everybody's insight great to uh, get some great conversations going and uh, great to hear from the kids obviously and coaches to uh, um, break things up for us instead of us just talking to you guys all the time it's good to get the third or fourth voice in there as well all right let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way I throw out five propositions and Joe and I argue or agree about whether way that could happen no way it cannot happen. Uh, Joe, let's go to uh, Loyola softball here. Um, obviously losing in the extra innings like we talked about in the first quarter. Um, way or no way that the Loyola softball team exceeded ex- expectations? Well, I think way, especially from us. I was pretty, um, you know, lukewarm on them going this season because not because we knew Mackenzie Berry was a star on the mound and at the plate. Um but they lost kind of their star, their their second star in Morgan Van Horn, who had foot surgery, I believe, to prepare for her college <clears throat> basketball. And uh, she wasn't on the team. So um, without her, I thought they had some holes to fill, maybe too many to be, you know, like a regional contender. And, uh, you know, they sure proved me wrong. They really put it together. This was also a first-year coach, um, maybe still trying to put her plans in motion and, and her – um, culture there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, coach Herlacher got it all in place by the postseason, And of course, Mackenzie Berry, I think, uh, you know, the first 
uh, four games, she struck out something. First, I think three games in a row, 18, 18, and 16 strikeouts or something like that. Um, so she just was on fire, and she found something a little extra. She was special before, but she found even that extra something for the postseason. So I think they did exceed expectations, so way. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you there. I think way as well. Um, obviously, I, I think based on the way we talked about this team there, a lot of new growth and that kind of stuff, but we weren't sure exactly how far it was going to go. But um, obviously to get to the sectional final and coming a few out shy of uh, making it to the super sectional, um, definitely a way that they exceeded our expectations um, and uh, really had a strong season. Uh, way or no way, Joe, are you disappointed with uh, the Nutria boys volleyball finish? I think, yes, uh, I think they are too. I think that was a winnable match for them, not like a cakewalk, of course. Like, I don't know if they, uh, maybe the on performance had, but they didn't like go there and flop. Like that Downers Grove South was a very good team. I thought the third set, they played well. So you can't be mad. You played really well, so did Downers Grove South and you lost. But the second set, they kind of fell flat a little bit. So I think that was a winnable match for them. And I think, I think I mentioned before, they were, I believe, from watching volleyball this year and looking at the teams at the state final, they were a top four among them. Um, I could have run, you know, maybe they're five or six and, and just out of trophy contention, but I thought they could have been there. I did think Lincoln Way East and Glenbard West were better this year, so I don't know if they would have made it any farther. But uh, I guess, you know, in, in the sense that I think they could have won that match, uh, I am disappointed, yeah. Wait. Yeah, I think I'd go with Way as well. I think I had them at least getting to the semifinals game. I think last week I said that, they, or a couple weeks ago I said that they would bring home a trophy at least. But um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think that way that they're it's a little disappointing just to see what they obviously finishing that round isn't bad, but I think this team had higher hopes of getting to um, at least a trophy and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think I'll definitely go with Way there and. Um, think that they should have uh, finished a little bit higher than they did. All right, we're going to go to uh, girls soccer here. Way or no way, Joe, that either Nutri or Loyola should have finished higher or farther along in the postseason? No, no way. I think for this year, that was about right. Um, just because of Evanston. Um, Evanston was a state trophy placer. Um, I, I don't, I think they fit fourth or third because uh, they weren't in the title game. But um, Evanson was an absolute, you know, juggernaut this year in the area. And, you know, they were the what, the tallest giant, I guess. is, is a good, Like, there's a lot of good programs around here, but Evanson was better. And they proved it in every match. Um, and they proved it in the playoffs. So, no, I don't think it was um, – they should have gone any farther. I think if you look at the scores – could have Nutrier got a couple extra bounces? They could have. It could have gone their way. I think Nutrier, as we talked about during the season, uh, mixing in a lot of talent that hadn't played together, uh, you know, ton of varsity minutes uh, against varsity competition. By the end of the season, I mean, they played Evanson really well to a 2-1 game, put a couple off the crossbar too. So, you know, they could have won that game, but Evanston um, did the same. So, um, and then Evanson took care of Loyal in convincing fashion. So I think it was almost about right where they landed. So, no, I don't think it was – they should have gone any farther. No way. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you there. No way. I think that Evanston was the clear 
top team in the area. Um, I think they just dominated from the start of the season until the end of the season. So I think I think maybe um, Nutria honestly did a little bit better than we expected just based on the way that they performed during the regular season and their finish during the um, postseason. But um, I, I think that they did kind of what we expected them to do and that was Loyola losing to Evanston. So um, no way, I don't think that they should have finished higher. I think obviously they always want to go further along into the postseason, but um, yeah, I think that that just wasn't going to happen this season with the way that Evanston was playing and um, the way that they uh, controlled uh, things throughout the season. All right, Joe, way or no way that the Loyola Academy baseball season was a success? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think so. Um, I think they, the regular season, they probably could have had a few more wins here and there, probably, but that's baseball. Um, I think they also were, were really trying to work out their pitching for the playoffs. Um, I think that was important to them to see what they could do in the playoffs because I, I think they knew they had a team that could rack up some playoff wins and go on a nice run, and they did. Um, now, a lot of that, they, I think they decided, okay, we're going to rely on, on Roger Simon, our best arm, and he did some special things in the postseason from the mound. But uh, I, I think that was a success. Um, finishing behind St. Lawrence, Brother Rice, and, you know, whoever else they, you know, maybe four teams finishing fifth in the CCL is no disappointment. So um, they won a regional. They made it to the sectional championship. Uh, I think it's a success. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. Again, not to keep on agreeing and not really anything <laughs> different here, but I, I, do, I, think, I do agree with you. I think obviously getting to that round, We've talked a lot about how the baseball playoffs are and softball players are just so unpredictable. And that's why you have eight seats playing in the super sectional and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think it was a success the way they're able to figure things out in the postseason and, you know, compete in a tough CCL and um, get ready for that. I think uh, um, I think definitely it was a success way. All right, Joe, final question here, way or no way. Um, Given the how predictable baseball and softball can be, way or no way that uh, there should be some sort of change to baseball and softball, whether that be a mini quick two-game series that went on aggregate or something like that, whether or no way, way or no way you think the baseball and softball playoffs should be changed where the best team actually ends up winning? Uh, can I say no and yes? Um <laughs> I think that is a better way to do it, but we just don't have time. You'd have to cut the season shorter or extend it into the summer. Um, and we got kids that need to go to have summer obligations for, you know, whether it's work or a job, you know, a college or whatever, um, just summer obligations they got to get to once they graduate. I, I don't know how you do it. I think, yeah, baseball and softball, at least when you get to a certain level, um, we probably should do a three game set um, would, would make, would get to the, had a better, has a better chance to get to the ending we desire where the win the better team usually wins more often. Uh, but I just don't think it's possible. So I think at the high school level, it's exciting, especially for a lot of these six and seven seeds who may have lost some close games during the regular season, but are better than that to prove what they can do against really good one, two, three seeds. So, um, no, I guess overall I'll say no way they shouldn't mess with baseball or softball postseason. Yeah, I think it'd be great to see, but I don't know how you logistically make it work, whether it's uh, you add series to like the sectional round or something like that, or 
whatever you do. I don't really know. It's too hard to do, especially with all the teams and all the areas you need to kind of figure out and all the logistics and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think I would agree that in theory, it's a great idea, but um, realistically, it probably won't happen. So um, no way, I think uh, that's going to be it. But all right, that's everything we've got for the third quarter. Let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we just recap some of our favorite uh, storylines from this past fall. We'll do some more looking back in future episodes for the rest of the um, school year. But um, Joe, just looking back at uh, this past spring, obviously a lot of sports going on. First time we're back to a normal spring schedule um, in a few years, obviously with the pandemic going on. Um, But uh, what were some of your favorite memories just from this past spring? I know obviously things get hectic sometimes and it's hard to remember things because you're just trying to figure out where you're going to next. But um, what, what are you going to remember the most about this past spring? Um, it was a good spring. It was a fun spring. I really liked, uh, some of the track performances, uh, we saw, um, out of a lot of schools, um, Nutrier, Loyola, boys and girls, also Regina girls, North Shore Country Day did some good things on the track. Um, I thought those just stuck out, stuck out to me a bit more than, than past year. Maeve Kelly, doing what she did with the, you know, two second place finishes with the shot in the discus, uh, you know, pretty unprecedented, at least in my tenure of covering, um, <clears throat> covering track, at least the schools I've covered and I think Nutrier. So great stuff from her um, with that, that sticks out to me. Got to love the state championship. The most recent from Nutrier girls lacrosse um, really great stuff. And the one from oh, the, the boys water bowl team, put together one of the most dominated dominant seasons you're going to see um, and just finish it off with the state championship. The first in program history, that was a huge deal for, for the Trevians. Um, and it was fun to follow those guys as well. Um, I'm a big fan of volleyball, as I've mentioned on this podcast. So uh, it was great to follow Nutrier to state once again and catch up with them and just really see some high level volleyball. It's really good in the area. Um, their win over Glenbrook North in the, sectional final was uh as exciting as it gets um so that was special and um watching Kenzie Berry strike out everybody you know this side of Chicago was awesome too <laughs> yeah I, I think that water polo run was really fun just based on how like you said how dominant they were from the beginning to the end like you knew like when we were like started talking about them probably like in mid-April or um whenever that was you knew that they had had what it takes to like win it all. And you knew that they were going to probably win it all unless something crazy happened. So um, I, I think it was really cool just to watch that run take place and um, watch them really just dominate the entire season. So that was a lot of fun. And um, obviously both championships for lacrosse was fun. We kind of expected it to happen. Baseball was fun just because of uh, baseball and softball, just how unpredictable the sports are and uh, how crazy things can get. So um, there are a lot of fun storylines, obviously track and field, like you mentioned as well, but um, a lot of fun stuff was happening here in the spring. And um, it was a lot of, uh, it was good stuff to cover, obviously a lot of stuff to cover. Um, I definitely will not miss this past spring, which was the most rain. It had to be the rainiest and coldest spring yeah. we've had in a long time. I don't know. There, I don't know if there's meteorological, like they've looked at the numbers and that kind of stuff, but this spring had to be like, had to have the most like washouts and just terrible conditions. Yeah, that definitely sticks out. That was gross for a while. And it, it was cold for way too long. 
Um, we were going to 40 degree games in, in mid late May. Yeah, it was insane. It was definitely not fun, especially for us, but also for the players and um, especially for like the track athletes who basically have to wait until sectional time to actually, you know, get a decent chance at running at a meet um, where it's not either freezing cold or pouring rain or anything like that. But um, a lot of fun storylines and thanks as always uh, to all of the listeners and readers who paid attention throughout the spring and throughout the year. Always appreciate everybody's feedback and kind words and subscriptions and all that kind of stuff. So we always appreciate that. And that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out at Spotify, Android, Apple, iTunes, wherever you are. If we're not there, let us know and we'll add the podcast there. Always appreciate everybody's fun feedback. Obviously, we're heading into the summer months. So if you have some feedback on what you want more of or less of, let us know. Obviously, we're always looking to uh, get better and improve as well. And um, thanks as always to uh, everyone for uh, just listening and reading and uh, make sure you are keeping up with the Record North Shore. Um, big uh, anniversary happening right now for uh, the Record North Show. So make sure you're keeping up with Joe and his work there and make sure you're keeping up with me at the Friday Night Drive. We are heading into summer football season. So we've got a lot of great content coming your way. So make sure you cap, keep up worth our work there. Always appreciated as always. But for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.